You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Most of you guys know our son Niall, and Niall is, uh, he's nine years old, fourth grader, and, uh, and he has autism. And so uh, he was in the Special Olympics this week, and we had a blast going to the Special Olympics, and it's always a good time, and uh, they do a great job of supporting the kids and uh, the athletes. They're all athletes. They get out there, and they compete and have a good time. And as, uh, you know, Niall's, Niall is, uh, he likes to run, and so obviously he's in the 25-meter dash and the 50-meter dash. And uh, also, he does the, the the throwing. They have two events: a ball throw and a and a, a softball throw and a, and a tennis ball throw. And he he does good at those. But he excels at the running. And you know, I get to be there, be the dad and the parent, and also like the coach and cheer him on. And his teachers are there. And, and you know, we're all we're all cheering for him. That even no matter, I mean, even if he's not the first one. Uh, in first place in his race to keep going forward. That's like the, that's like the thing we try and tell him, you know, keep going forward, no matter what happens. If you, even if you trip, even if you fall down, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't stand there and uh, don't, don't let a meltdown happen. Keep going forward. Cause this is a, this is a, this is a race and it doesn't matter if you're the first one or the last one. It matters that you finish the race. And, um, you know, all, all of these events at the special Olympics are all, um, what you would call solo events. Like they're not really team events. They're not, you know, you're not working with a team to accomplish a goal or to win a prize. It's all solo activities, solo uh, events and but one of the things that we noticed that uh, Niall wasn't he, he he was running his his doing his races and stuff solo, but he had a team with him. His, his you know his parents, his grandparents were there, his teachers and coaches and and and, and a lot of people who work with him were all cheering him on. He even had a, a a high school senior who was there to volunteer and was assigned to Niall as his buddy for the day and and he was cheering on Niall. It's like like it's it's you know nobody can run the race for you. Nobody can do your job for you, but we're all in this together. We have, we have a team with us and 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 that keeps me when I think about the reality that's my reality. It helps me to keep taking forward steps in life. What what keeps you taking forward steps in life? Well, today we're wrapping up this series. We've been going through these one-chapter books of the New Testament, and again, they're not really books; they're they're letters, ancient letters uh, that have been collected and put in the New Testament of the Bible. They tend to get overlooked, so we've been calling this series "One Hit Wonders," <laughs> "One Hit Wonders of the New Testament." And uh, today's our last one. We're in Jude today. So, uh, if you have a Bible, I encourage you to grab your Bible and turn to Jude. If you don't know where that is, go all the way to Revelation, which is the very end. And then find like one page before Revelation starts. That's Jude. And um, so Jude, uh, well, we don't know the exact location of the group of Christians this, this letter is written to. But they were obviously dealing with some of the problems we've talked about in uh, throughout Second John, Third John, and and we've we've looked at uh, previously here at Awaken Church is uh, this thing called Gnosticism, like people that were teaching some some things about Jesus that that weren't uh, weren't the reality. Uh, and so he's dealing with some of that kind of stuff. Is we'll see a lot of other issues involved here, but and, and it's written uh, written to Jude. And we don't know a lot about him, uh, or written by Jude, I'm sorry, written by Jude. And we don't know a lot about him, but we do know what we do know is pretty cool. He was the brother of James, Jesus' brother. So, you know, do the math. If Jude is the brother of James, and this, this James is the brother of Jesus, well then, 
Jude is Jude's the brother of Jesus, right? And so the dating of this is, um, you know, some say around 65 AD and some say around 80 AD, 60. So 65 to 80 AD within that 15 year span, which is 30 ish or so years, 30, you know, 30, between 30 and 50 years after the crucifixion resurrection that this letter was written. And so let's dig into it and then let's read it and then we'll dive in. So this letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and brother of James. I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. My God, give, may God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share, but now I find that I must write about something else urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So, I want to remind you, though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt. But later he destroyed those who did not remain faithful. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of the authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them secretly chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the day of judgment. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and serve as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. In the same way, those people who claim authority from their dreams live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. But but those people scoff at things they do not understand, like unthinking animals, they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. What sorrow awaits them, for they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother, like Balaam, who deceived, uh, who, they deceive people for money, and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. When these people eat with you in their fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. They are like trees in autumn that are doubly dead, for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They are like wild waves of the sea churning the, up the foam in their shameful deeds. They are like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. Enoch, who lived in the in seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about these people. He said, Listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of the holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things they have done and all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These people are grumblers and complainers, living only to satisfy their desires. They brag loudly about themselves and they flatter others to get what they want. But you... My dear friends, must remember that what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating division among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in the most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love.
And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue those who, by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away, and will bring you the great with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. And we say amen. Man, what a letter, right? And there's a lot in there to unpack, and I don't know if we can unpack it all to, to you know, in the time we have today. But let's, let's dive in with this big idea. The life of faith is a journey. Forward steps aren't always easy, but we're in this together. That's the big idea for, for, for our time in Jude today. The life of faith is a journey. Forward steps aren't always easy, but we're in this together. So as we take these forward steps, as we keep going forward, we have to walk in understanding. We have to walk in understanding. A number of years ago, there was uh, this thing going around Facebook, and you may and you may remember the Facebook giraffe. The thing was, if you if you could not solve this riddle, you had to put uh, th- this picture of this giraffe as your profile picture. That was that was going around. And here was the riddle. It's the Facebook giraffe riddle. It's 3 a.m. There's a knock at the door. It's your parents. They're here for breakfast. You have milk, OJ, bread, butter, strawberry jam, and Pop-Tarts. Which do you open first? And that's the, you know, that's that's the riddle. And the thing is to, you know, to, to try and understand that riddle. And if you couldn't understand the riddle, if you didn't come get to the uh, the idea of what what uh, what was the first thing that you opened is, then you had to put the giraffe as your profile picture. That was kind of the deal. Can you walk in truth if you have no understanding of what truth is? Can you? Can you walk in truth if you have no understanding of what truth is? What, you know, what is your understanding of truth? Jude writes, To all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus Christ. This, this is to those who are set apart by God for the things of God. This is where this truth is beginning to come in. And after this initial greeting, he says, I have been planning to write to you about the salvation we share, but now I've discovered there is something I must write to you about. Defend the faith God has entrusted to us. So sometimes it's more important to do what needs to be done than what we want to do. No, no one really wants to talk about sin and judgment and hell. At least, in my opinion, no, no one wants to talk about it. It's, it's not really my favorite thing to, to speak about sin, judgment, and hell. Um, I mean, who wakes up saying, "I can't wait to tell somebody they're going to hell today"? I mean, I, I just, it makes no sense. But and we, so we prefer inspirational messages that remind us of God's grace and His blessings. And I never get tired of hearing those. I never get tired of talking about that—the grace and the blessings of God. Absolutely. When we hear about false doctrines in the church, we, we tend to dismiss it as, well, it's somebody else's problem. And Jude says, defend the faith that God's entrusted to you. Like there's, there's a truth here that need, that, that's, that's taking place. You've got to walk in the understanding of that truth. So defend the faith God's entrusted to you. So this word defend, if we were to look at this in the ancient uh, language it was originally written in, which is Greek, you'd find this, this crazy big word, epig- 
and I can't even say it. It's it's epic onidzomahi, something like that is how you would pronounce it. But but not, that's not the important thing. The important thing is this means to defend or contend for the faith. It literally means to struggle with great effort. He's saying struggle with great effort with your faith. It means you have to fight for it. Walking in understanding, walking in truth is worth the effort. So so Jude he isn't saying. If someone dis- disagree with you, get all defensive and 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 set out to uh, to prove them wrong. The faith we defend doesn't refer to a personal opinion or belief system. Jude uses the faith, meaning the whole truth about Jesus. That's it. It's it's that specific. It's it's not your faith or our faith, but the faith. The Bible. The Bible doesn't really leave room for homemade religion or spirituality where everyone picks and chooses what to believe. And we, we, that's what we want to do, but we don't really find that as a, as a, in the New Testament. We don't, we don't find that as, a, as an option. It's only possible to defend the faith this way when we walk in understanding of the truth. And in order to do that, we have to know what God's Word says. Through God's Word, we are put together and shaped up for what God has for us. That's the only way we can take these forward steps. So forward steps, they're not always easy. But we're in this together. And so we walk in understanding, and we have to have this uh, a willingness to speak. We have to, we have to come at this sometimes like Jude and have a willingness to speak. The problem Jude addresses is that the, there's teachers uh, of what we would call false doctrine have slipped into the church. And Jude describes these false teachers as uh, he does it without giving any names. He's not given any names. If we go back to like John and third third John, we did a couple of weeks ago in, in this series of um, one hit wonders. John named the he named names, <laughs> but in Jude's Jude's case, the names weren't important. Every generation has this in one form or another. These kind of false teachers recognizing they exist. It's it's the beginning is the beginning of the solution. So when we see this in the Bible, it, it looks like. Like we sometimes see it today, they come. They come from the inside. They looked good, but they were they were counterfeit. They fit in, but they weren't authentic. He says in verse four, they are ungodly people who have wormed their way into the church. That's not a very nice way to put it, but that's the reality. Ungodly desires their character. To say they were ungodly doesn't mean that that, that they made an intellectual denial of God, like an atheist. I'm like ungodly, as if you know to say there's no God. Jude calls them ungodly because they were living out a, a practical disregard for God in their teachings, in their ministries, in their life, in the way they treated people. They aren't ungodly because they disagree on some point of doctrine or, or how we put our faith into practice. They were ungodly because God is not in their hearts. Think of it this way. Ungodly means the motivation is not love. That's what ungodly means. Your motivation is not God, is not love because the love of God is not in your heart. The teaching Jude is willing to speak up about is they were teaching there was no need to make the flesh to submit to the rules of the Spirit. As long as you claim to be spiritual, anything goes. That's, that's what was going on here. And then he gives three examples of God's judgment on the ancient Israelites, kind of the, the rebellious angels, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he does this to say, uh, "Hey, you think God won't judge you? I mean, look at our, look at the ancient Israelites. Look at he's, he's writing to people who had this as their history, had this as their story. Remember the story? Remember our ancestors? Remember the story about the the rebellious angels? Remember the story about the cities, the entire city of Sodom and Gomorrah? And you think God won't judge you? 
So, so next, he, and that's the reason those, those, those little things are, are in the letter, to give, to give the reader the, the, the chance to reflect and go, man, I, I, <laughs> some people say, you know, only God can judge me, but they live as if he won't. Next, Jude, he gives three examples of, of the character of the ungodly. The character of the ungodly is selfish obedience. He says in verse 11, Woe to them, they follow in the footsteps of Cain, who killed his brother. Uh, his brother. That was selfish disobedience. The problem between Cain and his brother Abel was Cain's selfishness and disobedience to God's plan. The second character of the ungodly he gives is what I would call greedy greed. Greedy greed. He says, like Balaam, or Balaam, if you like to pronounce it that way, they deceive people for money. Now, this is a, another story from the Old Testament. Uh, Balaam is, is mostly known for the story where his donkey talks to him. But, but later on in his story, and, and he, after he does the right thing, he gives in to greedy greed. He, he, he takes some money to, to do something he shouldn't have done, and he pays the price. And then he says, here's another example of the character of the ungodly, and it's disrespect for leaders. And like, he says, and like Korah, they perish in their rebellion. Now, in the Old Testament story, Korah self-appointed himself as an authority figure, and he led a rebellion against Moses. And if you read that story, you go, hey, Korah, how's that working out for you? It didn't work out well for Korah at all. So to illustrate what will happen to the ungodly, Jude quotes from an ancient Jewish document that's not found in the Bible. And there's people wonder, why are the book of Enoch not in the Bible? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and it is an ancient Jewish document that obviously holds some weight because Jude quotes it from Enoch, the book of Enoch 1.9. He says, God will convict every ungodly person. Walking forward in your faith will at times call for willingness to speak. Speak up. Not, not about who or what you're against, but about who or what you're for. Speak up. Speak truth. Speak love. And another point of this letter, actually with every letter that makes up the New Testament, is this. You're not alone in the journey. You're not alone in the journey. So work out your faith. You work out your faith, and you don't do it alone. My my uh, my ten year old Jericho, he is uh, uh, every other day. <laughs> he will start doing a bunch of push ups, and it'll come time for bed, and he'll say, "Wait, I got to do my push ups," and he'll do like twenty push ups, and then he'll he'll uh, and then he'll remember he's he's uh, wanting to do this workout plan, and he'll like he'll run, 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 and uh, so he's he's always says, "I got this workout plan," and uh, the thing is, he he will forget about the workout. Plan for a day or two days or three days, and then he'll like, oh yeah, workout plan, and he'll want to do a bunch of, bunch of push-ups, right? <laughs> some of us are like that with our workout plans, and then some of us are like that with our spiritual life as well. Some of us are like that with what you know, a, a lot of areas in life. We just kind of we have a plan, but we don't really go by it, except for once in a while when we think about it. Any workout plan requires a plan, right? And here's the thing: there's going to be hurdles, won't there? There's going to be hurdles. As you seek to follow through your plan, to even working out your faith, there's going to be hurdles. We, we must work out our faith in order to defend the faith. So the hurdles to not really uh, working out your faith are, are one, deceit. Jude says there are those who create division among you. They did this by the way of deception. That just just keep asking, does this match up with Jesus? That's it. And they, when there's something, they, this, is this right? Does it match up with Jesus? And then, you know, ask, does this help me become more like Jesus? 
does this sound right? Does it, do you think this is right? Does it help you become more like Jesus? That's the question to ask. To know is, is there deceit or is the hurdle of deceit in your way? Another hurdle is doubt. And from time to time, we're going to experience doubts. And you and you, should, and that, you know what? That's okay. These are hurdles for us to overcome. Your faith will be tested. And Jude points out that the message of the false teachers has the potential to go so far as to doubt who Jesus is and who we are in him. Anything that causes you to doubt God's love for you is deceit and it's a lie. And then the third hurdle that we can see in Jude is despair. And despair is it's, it's fear at its deepest level. When, when faith and fear collide, if fear wins out, it leads to despair. Jude says, don't let despair take you out of the game. And in, in verse 20 and 21, he explains how to, how to contend for the faith, how to, how to you know, really put forth the effort here. It, it has everything to do with working out your faith together. Thus, leading by example others to Christ. To overcome the hurdles, first of all, encourage each other. He says, build each other up in your faith. Encourage each other. Secondly, engage in prayer. He says, pray in the power of the Spirit. He's talking about praying together with others in the power of the Spirit. And third, expect God's love and mercy. He says, await the mercy of our Lord. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in His love. So how are you going to overcome the hurdles to your faith, to growing your faith? Encourage one another, engage in prayer, and expect God's love and mercy. And you work out your faith. And here's how you can work out your faith. Show mercy to those with weak faith. He says, do this. Show mercy to those with weak faith. Snatch the lost from flames of judgment. You work out your faith when you snatch the lost from flames of judgment. And then he says, shine the light of Christ. When the light of Christ shines through your life, you shine with the light of Christ. You know what I want to do? I want to read those last two verses again. Verse 24. Now... All glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away, and will bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is our God, our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond all time. Amen. And we say again, amen and amen. The life of faith is a journey. Forward steps aren't always easy, but we're in this together. So I would encourage you to take the next step. Move your faith forward with a Bible study plan. A lot of folks say, I just I don't really read my Bible much. I don't really study my Bible. It's because you don't have a plan. So so get a plan to work out your faith. Get a plan to read and and and, and study on the scripture. And I get here's a here's a good tool. It's a free tool if you have a phone and you do have a phone, I'm pretty sure, or a tablet or a computer of some kind. Go to the the U version app. Get the U version. It's free, a free app, the Bible app called U version, and there are plans on there. I do it every single morning, and I have for years. Every morning, I read from a a. Uh, uh, at least one, if not more, Bible study plans on there. It's a way to start my day, and it's a way to take this this next step. I take the I take the first step of my day in God's Word, and I would encourage you to try doing the same. See how it works out for you. All right, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for this ancient letter called Jude. <laughs> 
Thank you, Lord, that in the midst of the struggles that uh, Jude was addressing, in the midst of false teachings and false doctrine and those kind of things that creep into the church, that he encourages the church to work together, to stay together, to cheer one another on, to encourage one another, and to, Lord, make it so hard for anybody in the community to not spend eternity with you. So, Lord, give us those opportunities. Give us opportunities to live out our faith as we grow in it today. And we're still growing in it. Lord, help us to uh, to get deeper into the Word of God, into the Scriptures, and uh, grow in our understanding. Ask questions when we have them, and, 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 and let questions sit with us for a while. Lord, give us the, give us the uh, Lord, just the opportunities to continue to see our, our faith grow so that we can contend our faith. And as we think about defending our faith, Lord, don't help us to not be defensive. Help us to see it in this light, that it is about saying, this is what I believe and this is who I'm for. And I am just trying to become more like Jesus and I'm not against you. I'm for Jesus. Lord, help us with that mindset. Give us that kind of attitude. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves, no matter who our neighbors are. And Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.